Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Isn't the Lord good? The Lord is so good. Yeah. I love the presence of the Lord. You may be seated. Turn to someone and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. I've always wanted to do that. Here we are. <laughs> no, but really, you are in the right place. Um, in, the, in the Lord's house, in the presence of God. Man, I'm just so blessed to be here. I, I'm just an, always an honor to share uh, the word of God from this stage, from this pulpit. Um, and man, we just honor our pastors. We honor the, our leadership in the house, as always, just for the opportunity. Um, but how many were at our conference a couple weeks ago? Man, I feel like we are... We're just still in that, like, I don't know, that covering of it, the, uh, like an aftershock, so to speak, of it, it just, it's just resonating in this house, and um, I, I love what the Lord is doing with our network, with our, um, that we get to be a part of it, the move, honestly, the, the, the REACH conference, it's a reminder, it's a broader vision of what the Lord is doing with our network, but also with our local church and what God is doing in your life. It's a really good reminder of what God can do through you, that we reach, we restore, and we release. Um, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, you know, how many of you know, like, as, as we go on in, in life, there is this ebb and flow. There, there are different seasons. Like, one season, you could be really busy. We're, we're moving. We're, we're going. Next season, we could just be, you know, taking it more easy, taking it more chill. We have some time of rest. Um, and just like our season, we're, we're coming to the end of summer, right? And we're kind of already thinking about Christmas, even though it's like five months away. But we're right there, right? We're, we're coming into autumn. We're coming into just uh, one of my favorite times of the year. Honestly, amen. I heard some amens. Yeah, one of my favorite times of the year. Um, but life has rhythm, right? Life has different seasons, different. And within those seasons, there are different things that we, we face in life, different trials, different struggles, um, victories. We have mountaintop moments. We have valley, low in the valley. We have different seasons. But the truth is, no matter what we're facing, no matter what happens, we have to remain confident and steadfast in our pursuit of the Lord that our trust is in him no matter what happens. It's like, it's like you ever see one of those big cargo ships that they're sailing from, you know, from Asia to, you know, to the, the West Coast here, and they'll have peaceful waters, but then all of a sudden there'll be storms. There's gonna be a tempest wave, and, but it's, it's still moving, it's still constant. And so it must be for us that no matter what we're facing, that we're going to be set on, I'm, no, I'm confident, I'm moving forward with my, I'm clinging to Jesus. So that should just be our aim, our goal. To, I'm, I'm going to be constant. Our pastor says this, we need to have compound consistency. Compounded over and over. Can you, are, are you going to be here in a year? Are you going to make it for the long haul? On his Friday night message, he talked about how Christianity, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And a marathon has different legs. It's, it's long. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to run a marathon. But Christianity is a marathon. It's not, it's not where you have a small burst of energy and all of a sudden you waste it all. No, it's, it's for the long haul. And so no matter how long you've been serving God, you have to realize, hey, I'm, I'm in it. No matter what happens, no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to serve the Lord. If you've been serving the Lord for a, a good amount of time, what can happen is we can get caught up in 
the good old days, that move of God. Remember when? Oh, those were the days, right? I don't ever want us to get to a place where we just, where all we're doing is looking back and talking about what God did. A move of God, man, years ago, man, I was in my prime. God was moving. Okay, what is God doing today? The Lord is speaking today. I want to be involved in what God is doing today. And he's speaking, he's moving. I want to be in the mix of it. I just don't want to be around it. I just don't want to see it. I want to be involved in it. Um, and it, it reminded me because uh, a couple weeks ago during our conference, uh, right after Pastor Michael, um, uh, Michael and Jessica, you know, he preached here a couple weeks ago. But the day before, we we um, we were hanging out with some of the people who were part of our young adults ministry uh, years ago, called the Cornerstone. And man, it was those are good times. And. Uh, uh, the bunch of us that were hanging out, we hadn't really, that group, that specific group, hadn't hung out in, in quite a while, um, maybe even since, you know, we had a young adults ministry. Um, and I was thinking about it, and man, those were really good days. We were, we spent time planning services, um, we got themes together, we got series together, and man, God was moving, God spoke, God moved in our services. But, I mean, I'm, I'm so appreciative of what God did then, but I'm not, I don't live there. I'm, I'm living today. What, God, what are you doing today? I'm active. What, what's happening today? And so I'm, you have to ask yourself today, where am I at? Have I found myself with an apathetic ap- attitude where I'm just coasting? I'm looking around. I'm seeing other people be used by God. I'm watching. I'm just being a part. I'm just attending. Wh- where are you in this? Because you have a place. Is what I do today require faith? Ask yourself, is what I'm doing today, is how I'm living, does it require faith? We should always be, and, and I recognize, you know, we want, we, we want stability, we want peace, but peace is putting our trust in the Lord no matter what happens. It's not, it's always going to be chill. It's, I'm putting my trust in the Lord. No, the storm, the storm is going to come. Where am I going to be in it? And so tonight, I want to talk about staying engaged in the fight. Staying engaged in the fight. I'm going to read Psalm 1, and then I'm going to pray. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. All right, so let's pray. So, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we ask that we would, we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what your will is for our life. Speak, Holy Spirit. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I get some more monitor? Yeah, just a little bit more. Um, a number of years ago, about seven years ago, I was up north, and I got the opportunity to visit the Redwood Forest. Has anyone been to the Redwood Forest up north? 
if you've ever been to the Redwood Forest or any, you know, any large forest, um, you understand, like, when you step into it, it's just magnificent. You're seeing trees everywhere. You're seeing life. Um, if you've ever been to a jungle, you've just seen, you know, animals that you've never seen. You're hearing sounds that you've never heard, and it's just so vast, and it's, it's amazing. And, you know, just honestly, you're just reminded how good, how big God is. Um, but anyway, so I was, we decided to take a, a trail in, the, in, in about the afternoon, and we were, we're walking, we're getting ready, we're looking around, we're, we found a trail we decided to go on, and we're, you know, we're, we're having a hike, as you would. And it started to get a little dark, so we decided to turn around, because I don't think we had any flashlights. And so we just started to turn around, we were following our trail, but in the, in, you know, when darkness starts to fall, the trail looks a little different. And honestly, we were, we were kind of scared. Like, are we, are we going the right way? Is, is this the actual trail that we're on? Um, the trail isn't as, as illuminated as it would be during the day. Um, we even thought we saw a bear. But it was just like the reflection of like the sign that says, hey, you know, turn here. <laughs> honestly, we were, we were at, a, at a point for like 15 minutes. Like, is that, oh man, do you see that? Oh, it's looking at us. It's, it's moving. And it's not moving. Um, but... We didn't get lost, but um, one thing became immediately clear is that we had to pay close attention to where we were going. We had to focus on the trail that was designed and set up for us to follow. And so our walk with the Lord is similar in a way that we have to walk closely to the Lord. We have to follow Jesus. Um, we're not sure exactly what's up ahead. We don't know what's, what's tomorrow, what tomorrow brings, but we know he does. And so I'm going to follow him. Ephesians 5.8 says, Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Verse 15, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand the will of the, what the will of the Lord is. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Understand what the will of the Lord. So that means that we can get lost if we're not really paying much attention. Um, I want to look at a verse of scripture that can describe many of us if we're not careful. I'm going to look at um, the Apostle Peter. He's, he's full of mistakes, but he's also full of, of, of high moments. But we're going to look at Peter from the night that, he was, that Jesus was arrested. And we're going to pick it up in Mark 14, verse 44. It says, And immediately, as, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs that had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal, you will know which one to arrest um, when I greet him with a kiss. Um, verse 46. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Um, and we know that from the Gospel of John that this man was, in fact, Peter. Um, I think it's funny because I, I think some of the other Gospel writers, they were trying to be discreet. They just said a man um, when, in fact, it was actually Peter. And John just, you know, just gave that information. Um, verse 53 it says, they took Jesus to the high priest's home where the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of religious law had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance 
and went right into the high priest's courtyard. There he sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire. I want us to pay attention to the words, the language. Peter followed him at a distance. If we're not going after the ways of God, we can get caught up in cycles. If we're, we're not close, we can get caught up in our cycles of sin, our mistakes. We're like, there's that one thing that we try to get over over and over and over again. We're just caught up in the cycle. We're making the same mistakes that we say that we want to stop doing, but we get caught up in it. And why is that? And I think, you know, we can answer a multitude of reasons, but I think... Um, one of the, I think one of the reasons is, is our temptation for Western Christianity is we want comfort. We want the ease of life. We want, you know, there, I, I love the opportunity that, that America brings, but it also brings an ease about it, this comfortability. It's the ease of life. And, you know, we had talked about it, uh, Pastor Isaac mentioned it on Sunday. You know, the blessing of the Lord is for us. We want to be blessed. We want to pursue that. And God does give us a blessing but it's not the goal. The goal is not the American dream. Some of our Western culture, it, there's, it's at odds with the cross of Christ when you look at it. Um, and if you're, if you can come, to, you can come to a place where you're coming to church as a casual thing. It's hey, I'm, I'm coming, I'm attending, I, I'm a member of that church. But there's, there's really nothing happening really, in, with your relationship with the Lord. We profess Jesus. We, we know how that works. We say the right things, but the gospel is anything but casual. And honestly, I'm thankful, even for my life, that the patience of God, that God is so patient with us, and he's working, even if, we, you know, even if we're just taking it easy, we're coasting, but the Lord is so patient. Many of us have become just these bystanders. We're watching the, the move of God happen just from afar. We're supporting the ideas of Jesus with a like on Facebook. We're, yeah, I see that scripture. I like it. I see that, that quotable um, sermon clip. I like it. But we're never actually participating in the gospel. Um, it's, I'm reminded of uh, what's known as the Bible Belt. Um, it's in the southern states. And, you know, honestly, I'm so grateful that the, and basically what, what it is, is uh, the gospel, the, the word of God, um, you know, the gospel of Christ, it's, it's embedded into society in the Bible about in the southern states. Um, however, I think some, there is something missing that it didn't translate from one generation to, a ne- to the next, where the gospel is something to participate in rather than just to go to church on Sunday. So um, I remember talking to Pastor Angel and Pastor Mike and Pastor Rudy when they first went out, and all of them said kind of the same thing as, as they started reaching people. You know, of course, there's people there that have never heard the gospel. They're reaching those people. But then there are other people that they're talking to who go to some very large churches, and they just slip in and out on a Sunday. No one really talks to them. They don't know their name. They might go to some connect group, but they're, they're a part of a church, but they're really not engaged with a, a move of God in their own life and, and around them. And so when, when they met, you know, our, some of our churches that were planted— they're like, hey, I want to be a part of that. I want to be involved. I want God to do something in, in me. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful that, you know, we're able to, that our vision is to, to reach, right? We're, we're sending out churches there. And, but there needs to be this paradigm shift, I think, that needs to take place where I'm not just participate. I'm not just an attendant. I'm a participant in what God is doing. Um, I lost my place here. Um, 
Colossians 1, 21, it says, and this is Paul talking, uh, this includes you who are once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So when we put our faith in Jesus, we're justified. There's nothing that we can do to earn that. We're, we're justified. We're in. Verse 23 says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand, stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news had been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, has, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it says, but you must continue this truth, continue to believe this truth, and stand firmly in it. So we can hear the gospel, we can get saved, we can have a, a, a transformation in our life. God's doing something in me, I'm, I'm coming to church, but all of a sudden, there's the blessing of God, and okay, I, I think I got everything I need, but there has to be this pursuit of the Lord that I'm continuing to follow after him, even in the blessing of God. So what are some steps that we can take? And I think there's, I, I, I mean, we can, you know, we can list a, a lot of things, but I think there are two practical steps that we can do um, to really help us make sure that we're pursuing after the Lord, that, hey, I'm, I'm in check. So two practical things. One, it's probably the, the most common, and it is the most important. It's we're going to pray and read the word daily. And man, that's so simple, right? It's just like, it's, mm, what a revelation. But honestly, when we go to read, when we go to have a time of prayer, it's not just, I read a few chapters, I'm in my, my version Bible app, I, I'm doing my plan, I checked off, okay, I, I did my, my, my reading list for the day. It's, okay, did you engage with the Lord? Did, did you hear from him? Did he challenge you? Was, was there anything that he spoke to you about? Or were you just seeing all the notifications that were popping up of Instagram and Facebook? Honestly, put on do not disturb. Silence notifications. I know, it's, I know it's weird. We're like locked out from the world. But it is probably one of the greatest things that you can do to quiet out the noise and, and spend time. It's like having an appointment and you're not listening at all. You're, you know, you said you had a lunch appointment and you're there and you leave and you really don't know what happened. So we need to focus in. Number two, um, and this is what I do often, it's um, have a weekly check-in on yourself or, or something that you do often where you check where your heart is. Hey, how, really, like how, how is my heart? Where, where is my heart right now? Am I pursuing myself or am I really pursuing the Lord? Where's, where's my heart in my surrender? Amen. Have I been surrendered lately or am I just doing things out of the flesh, out of my own uh, selfish desires? And you'd be amazed that when you check yourself, then you are now aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. You're like, okay, Lord, where, where am I? Okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to change. I'm going to shift something in my heart to be surrendered to the Lord. Have a weekly check-in. It's, it's, am, I, am I aiming to please myself or am I aiming to please you, Lord? And I think it's just, honestly, two simple things that you do will, will make a difference in your life. So point number one was that we were to follow closely after Jesus. Point two is we have to live in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. John 18, verse 10, this is back to the, the night of the arrest. It says, Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. 
But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back in its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? Peter was operating in the flesh. I mean, he honestly thought, this is the right thing I need to do. This is it. Jesus, no, you're, you're not going to die on the cross, even though you told us so many times that you would be suffering and you had to go and you had to die and you will rise again. This is what I need to do. I need to cough. Somebody's, we need to stop this. <laughs> I think that's so many of us. We, we think this is the right thing to do, yet we're living from the flesh. And if you don't know what I mean, there's a distinction between living from the flesh, our, our, our selfish desires, or living in the spirit. Paul makes this distinction of, of living from the spirit and the flesh, um, this battle for control for, for our life. In Galatians 5.24, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Romans 8, 12 through 13. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. When we're living from a place of our flesh... We make some of the, wrong, the, the worst decisions. We, we make ill-advised decisions. We say the wrong things. We, we, we react instead of respond. Um, you know, we're like Peter who cuts off someone's ear. We're thinking, this is, this is the will of the Lord. And all, all along, Jesus is saying, I told you. I, I told you, no, this is it. This is what it was, not that. You know, we're, we're trying to live this Christian life, but we're not praying. We're not in the word. We're just operating out of a place of our flesh. And, and I think that's what happens sometimes with believers who are, who are stumbling all along the way. They're, that's how the, the cycles I talked about earlier, we're just caught up in these cycles. We're doing the same thing over and over and again. And here, here's the thing about Peter is that this wasn't the first time. This wasn't his first offense of doing something in the flesh. Um, Earlier, Jesus was talking to his disciples, um, a, a group of them, it was more than 12, and he was just sharing these hard truths, because Jesus really wanted the, those who would stick it out with him. Um, and, and we see in Matthew 16, um, Jesus was talking about how he, would need, how he would need to suffer, he would need to die, and, and rise again on the third day. And, and this is Peter's response in verse 22. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. He's rebuking Jesus, okay? Can you imagine? Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Or another translation says, get behind me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. I think one of the greatest skills that we need to learn and develop and walk in is have a heavenly perspective, when we have a heavenly perspective, it's the difference between immediately feeling fear upon negative news and standing firm in your trust of the Lord. It's the difference between worrying about tomorrow and giving thanks for today. It's the difference between holding on to a grudge for something that happened yesterday or years ago and releasing that in forgiveness. All of these things can be experienced when we live from the place, when we live from the Spirit. When we have faith and we hear the truth of God's word, 
we're living, that's, that's an avenue in which we can hear what the Lord is speaking to us. And, and I love um, how things can change when you, when you combine the word of God and faith. It can really change your moment, change your emotions. Um, I love like Psalm 28, Psalm 25, 8 says, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his way. He guides the humble in what is right and teaching, teaches them his way. I love this. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. You know, I love scriptures like that that are just a matter of fact. The Lord does this. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is true. There is no fault in him. Like, these are scriptures I just cling to because this is the truth. This is what I'm holding on to as truth. I'm holding on to it for myself. Things that I can fully rely on. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Did you hear that? Did you hear how simple that is? We're caught up in our flesh. Man, my flesh is too strong. It's, it's beating me up. Okay, then follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the Lord. Read the Word. Follow it. Word. We have to walk by the Spirit. This, this ease, there, but there, okay, I talked about an ease of life. We want to be comfortable. Well, there is a spiritual ease of life. There is a peace that we're supposed to live in. Not that we're not doing anything, but no matter what happens, I have my faith in the Lord. I'm, I'm at rest in that the Lord has it. The Lord has taken care of me. So you see, when we regularly and routinely get into the place of prayer, get into communion with God, get to our devotion and the presence and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's when the ease of life comes in. That's when I'm, I'm strengthened. Honestly, I've said this before. I'm not me when I'm not in the presence of God. When I'm not praying, when I'm not worshiping the Lord, I just, I just think the, some weirdest things and like, okay, Lord, I, I've, I dream some weird dreams and like, Lord, I, I, okay, I need to get, I need to pray. I need to change, I need to, something to shift in my heart. I need to re-surrender here. There is a difference of life living from the spirit and, and not in the flesh. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. And even when you're not in prayer, the things of God, they just, they, they're just not that impressive. They're not that desirable, honestly. But when, you, when you're living from the place of the Spirit, like, okay, I want that. No, I, I, I know that I need to go after the Lord. A life walking in the Spirit will change your perspective. It'll, it will change your desires, change everything about you. And so back to Peter, he was so concerned with his human-centered ideas of what he thought should happen that he completely missed what Jesus had been telling them plainly. And so when we're, when we're following Jesus just at a distance, we're, we're not committed, we're half committed. We're one foot out, one foot in, one foot out. The result of that is the unwillingness to be transparent. We refuse to let anybody in our lives. We don't want people to see the things that we have in the back storage room of our life. Um, if you come, if you've come to, if you know, if you've been living this life of faith for any length of time, you can't do this life alone. You can't do this life of faith alone. We need other people around us. We need we need others for direction, for guidance, just for just for wisdom. We need wisdom who, who have lived the Christian faith longer than we have. 
We, we really need peer review, but we also need those that we can look up to, that who can peer into our lives and say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this. And, and it's not for control. It's, hey, I just want the best for you. What, man, tell me, what, what's going on in your life? What, what do you need prayer? What, what's happening? Well, this, this, you know, this and this, this is what I'm facing. Okay, let's pray. And so you have somebody to walk alongside you to point you in the right direction. When we hear it from those who aren't following Jesus, we're going to hear a worldly point of view. We're going to hear a fleshly point of view rather than one from the Spirit. Um, and, and not always, but sometimes I think it often when we refuse to let people in, it usually means there are things that we're hiding, that we're, that we're not really telling people about that we probably should address. And there's healing in that. There's healing in sharing. There's healing in transparency. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's, there's power in transparency. There's power in, in sharing. Honestly, this is really hard to drink out of. It's like I'm getting a quarter of an ounce <laughs> in that. Um, you know, one of my main motivations as I first started developing my, or just, you know, developing as a worship leader um, is to, br- it's just to bring people to an understanding of how good God is, of the goodness of God, that his way is so much better. And, um, and so when I lead worship, one of my aims is to remind individuals that worship, this is it. This is the avenue in which that we can be changed and become more like him. It's been said that you become like what you worship. And so encountering the Lord in his presence changes me to be more like him. And honestly, this is where surrender meets purpose. We're like, Lord, what do you want for my life? Well, bring your surrender, bring your offering, bring your praise, and you meet your purpose. We find our purpose in him through surrender. Um, And without surrender, there's this barrier. Oh, thank you. And we're hiding our mess when we're not surrendering to the Lord. It's like this, it creates this barrier between encounter and full commitment to the state that we're in. So it, it, it blocks something. If we're just standing in worship, in, in, a, in a moment of worship, in a moment of prayer, if we're just standing there, if we're not being surrendered, we're just, I'm just here. You're actually stopping, you're hindering the move of God in your life. I know that when I seek the Lord wholeheartedly, there is fresh surrender to happen. I'm, I'm re- there's things that I've, I've re-surrendered to the Lord. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, my mind is going back there. Okay, i got to re-surrender that to you, Lord. There's so much power in, in when we come to this place of surrender and in worship. Um, John 6, Jesus is sharing... Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Actually, I... I I thought I was in that other place. Anyway, Jesus was sharing these hard truths, and and he was ta- talking to all his disciples, and a lot of them left. They abandoned him. Uh, John eight sixty six. It says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Verse sixty seven. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, "Are you also going to leave?" Simon Peter replied, "Lord, to whom?" 
And where would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is, this is the, if we really believe that the Word of God is truth, that He has the eternal life, why wouldn't we dive all in? Why wouldn't we surrender? Why would we just have one foot out and one foot in? Man, I, I pray that we would have men and women of God who would be engaged in the things of God, who would immerse their every day for the glory of God, no matter what it looks like. That, Lord, I've been praying the same prayer over and over, but I believe that you're going to meet this need. I believe you're going to save my family. I believe that you're going to meet my need. You're going to change that person in my connect group, their situation. There was a, a change that happened in Peter um, immediately, immediately following the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, and if I can have the worship team come up. Um, there was a change in Peter. He, he looked like a completely different person. He, he became emboldened. He began to preach to thousands and 3, 000, over 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord. And, but here's something I want you to notice. That you know, at the time that when Jesus resurrected... You know, he, was, he showed himself to over 500 people. And one of the last words that Jesus said, hey, wait for me. Wait, wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit to come before you do anything else. So, but only 120 people were found to be in the upper room. Or 500 people actually witnessed Jesus. Well, of course, Peter was among those because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but there's something else that led to this moment, led to Peter's continued pursuit. Um, after they arrested Jesus, of course, most of us know the story that Peter denied that he knew Jesus, that he um, that he had anything to do with being one of his disciples three times, and and of course that Peter wept. He was he was ashamed of himself for for saying that he would make it to the end. He denied Jesus. And so Jesus, over breakfast, Jesus is talking to Peter. He took him aside, and he asked him three questions, the same question. Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. He asked Peter again, do you love me? And he was like, well, Jesus, you, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he asked him three times, and each time he's like, hey. And Jesus' response is, feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. And I see this conversation as a moment of redemption for Peter. That despite operating in the flesh, despite having so many mistakes, so many shortcomings, Jesus is still outstretching his hand saying, hey, I got you. You're okay. You're here. And there's several things that happen after that, but ultimately, the message that Jesus says to Peter is, follow me. Don't worry about all these other things. Follow me. And I think that the same message is to many of us who have become more or less, that we've, we've become just these wanderers in our face, that either we've, at one time, man, we were engaged in the things of God, but now not so much, or that we've, there's, we've actually never been that person who's engaged in their faith, who's, who's following after Jesus. But it's just that simple. Follow Jesus. Which then implies 
we're actually seeing him and where he's going. And we're looking to see where he's going. And we're looking to see what, what's the direction for me. I'm, I'm being active in my pursuit of Jesus. You see, the Father is more concerned with your soul and where you are than you are. Can we trust him? So why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.